Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Jesus, the Bible says in verse 34, He, he was moved with compassion because what He saw was sheep not having a shepherd. What did Jesus begin to do when He saw sheep not having a shepherd? He began to teach them. You see that? So when Jesus saw sheep without a shepherd, the first thing he did was he began to teach. Isn't that something? Oftentimes, I think in our mind, we'd probably consider other things. We might think of it a different way. But the Bible says what Jesus did was begin to teach sheep that didn't have a shepherd. So one of the understandings is or the, the ministry of a shepherd is to teach the word of God. Amen. Is to teach. You know, one of the things we know about Jesus' ministry is that he taught on the kingdom of God. And I tell you today, the message of the kingdom of God is so important. You know, I think about the, the Bible talks in many parables. Jesus taught in many parables. And he even said this. He said that the message of the kingdom, not everybody's going to understand. Not everybody's going to get he said, but there are those who will get the kingdom. They'll get the message of the kingdom. And there will be those who won't get the message of the kingdom. They won't understand it. And that's why Jesus told his disciples, said, this is why I speak in parables, because uh, they're not going to know it. They're not going to figure it out. And you think, well, why doesn't he just do that? Why don't he just make us figure it out? Because the Bible tells us the one that seeks after the pearl, willing to sell out the land, so to speak, for it, they're the ones that will get it. Are you hearing me? The ones who are after it the most will get the revelation. There'll be those, though, who will hear but not understand, Jesus said. And so it's so important today as the sheep of God that we pursue the understanding of the message, the number one message Jesus preached on the planet when he was here. He went about everywhere, and he spent 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus, Acts says, teaching his disciples and expounding on the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Why is that? Where is the kingdom of God? Is it in heaven today? No, it's not. It's on earth. Jesus said this. What did he have his disciples do? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is a kingdom? Well, how many of you know we have a king? I said, we have a king. Is that right? Is he going to be king one day or is he king now? The scripture says, that's right. The scripture says that God has already anointed him and has given him a name which is above every name that is named. He's already received the kingdom. Now, the Bible says that Jesus one day will turn this kingdom and present it unto God, his bride. Come on, think about it. And it is so important today that we understand it. Because that understanding is key to how you relate to the church. Because what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the citizens, made up of the citizens of that kingdom. We are, which we call the church. And the church is a very beautiful thing. But it starts in the spirit. It, it, it's in the spirit. Are you with me? I said, it's in the spirit. Are you with me? 
Because you can't enter that kingdom unless you're what? Born again, Jesus said. Is that right? And that's the key. And it is so important today that we get our understanding from the word of God. The Bible says that he taught them many things. Verse 35. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place. Now the time is far spent. He says, look, this is, this is a deserted area. Man, it's getting late. And verse 36 says that the disciples said to Jesus, send them away. That they may go into the country round about and into the village and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. You know, I think that's very interesting, don't you? Why, why, why? Think about this for a minute. The disciples decided to say, hey, Jesus, you've been teaching them a lot of things, and it's getting late. Yeah. This is what's happening, isn't it? The disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, you've been teaching a lot of stuff. Yeah. You're kind of long-winded. You know? And they began to look at the what they perceived was the actual need of the people. The disciples began to perceive what they thought was the actual need of the people. You know, listen to how Jesus responded to it. He answered and said unto them, well, you feed them. <laughs> now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Now, there's a lot of lessons we can learn in the feeding of the 5,000. Do you know the feeding of the 5,000 is in all four Gospels? The only miracle you're going to find Jesus ever did was in all four Gospels. But it also was one of the things that the disciples realized that Jesus used to show them their own heart and where they were. I think that's why not because it was so big, because he, he fed 4,000. He did that. Do you know he did this more than one time? He also did with seven loaves and two fish. He fed 4,000 with seven loaves and two fish. So it's not the first time, but I think it took, took a couple of times before the disciples actually got it. huh? Because as they begin to say, Jesus, you feed them. Or, or, Jesus, or, or he told, Jesus tells them, he says, you feed them. And they begin to question. They begin to say, what? He said, uh, they, they answered him and said, well, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth? That, that's like a year's worth of money to feed all of these people. Can you imagine just how they must have felt all of a sudden when Jesus said, because they thought Jesus was going to respond differently. Come on, think about it. They thought Jesus was going to go, oh man, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You know, it's getting late. I know kids are out there and everything. My goodness. What am I thinking? Come on. I'm sure they were probably expecting to respond that way. But when he didn't, they began to question what? What do you mean? What, 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 what do you mean? Think about it. 
What, what do you mean? That, that, that's like a whole year's worth of wages. We, we don't have that kind of money to go out there and spend on that. And how are we going to feed all of those people? But think about it. And the Bible says in verse 38, he said unto them, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Now, I want you to think about this. All of a sudden, Jesus is not just ministering the kingdom of God to the people. Now, I know this, that he did that because out of the book of John, it also tells us in John chapter 6, it tells us this same story. And it relates to an understanding of what Jesus also was teaching them because they get really offended at him a little bit later. And many of them got offended because, well, they were following him for the bread. And Jesus said, you don't understand. You're not even here for the miracles. You're here because you're getting fed the bread. Because I, I gave you bread. And they're like, well, you know, Moses gave us bread to eat. And Jesus said to them, he said, well, I'm the bread of life. I'm what you should be eating and not that. That's what you should be pursuing after. And that's why I was sent. Because God says, quit chasing the bread and start following it and pursue after me. And that upset them. And many people said, you know what? We can't handle that. We're going to go our own way. And they, the Bible says that they stopped following him from that day on and turned around and walked away. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, well, you going to leave too? And Peter turned around and said, nope, nope. You want to know why? Because you've got the words of life. Because Jesus said this word that he preaches wasn't his own. And it was what we're called to eat. Come on. Remember what Jesus told the devil? He said, uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That means it's an already sent word before you. Think about it. We always like to hear this, the idea out of Jeremiah, chapter 29, you know, verse 11. We like to hear, you know, God has a plan for you. Everybody like, I love that word too, don't you? And I believe it too. I mean, believe that God has a plan for you. You know, it's a proceeding word that's already gone before you that you're going to have to dig out to learn to discover. Did you hear what I just said? But we think, well, God's sovereignty is just going to take care of it. I don't have to sweat it. I don't have to study. I don't have to read. I don't have to digest. I don't have to live by it. I just believe that God's just going to make it happen for me. But you're not going to find that in the Bible anywhere. Are you hearing me right now? So the Bible tells us that God sends a proceeding word. And here we see Jesus he is teaching his disciples something, but he's also revealing it to the crowd that was out there, pertaining to the things of the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that Jesus said, what do you have? You see that in verse 38? What do you have? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, well, we've got five loaves and two fish. And he commanded them to make everyone to sit down by companies upon the green grass. You see that? I tell you, this is a good lesson right here. I said, this is a really good lesson. You know, uh, years ago, teaching help min helps ministries and things of that nature as well. It's so good in the church to learn this. Is, you know, you want to sit people in the right place. Uh, I tell you, you know, if someone, you think, some people think, well, I, why does that matter? Well, Jesus told them, he, to be honest, he tells them in other uh, places, he said, send them in 
uh, rows of fifties and hundreds in the green grass. Remember, this is a desert place. How much green grass is out there, you think, in a desert place? Huh? So the disciples, he's got them doing something that is kind of a little bit on the extra side in a certain way of doing things. And the Bible says that Jesus said, you put them out there on the, on the green grass and put them in companies, put them in, in, in family units, put them this way and that way. So he set things in order. Isn't that good news? And the Bible says in verse 40, he says, and sit them down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And verse 41, and when they had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he, when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed, break the loaves, and gave to the disciples to set before the people. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were all filled. I'm going to stop there just for a second. You know, this is a beautiful understanding about putting Jesus in the center. Because oftentimes we try to relate to God based upon what we know, based upon how we feel, based upon how we think about ourselves and, and other things of that nature. Instead of relating to God based upon how God says, I want you to relate to me. Think about that. Did you know the Bible even tells us we can't come to the Father unless he draws us, the Holy Spirit. Did you know the Bible also tells us that the entrance into the throne room, that we have to pass through that veil, that veil is the body of Christ, the blood of Jesus. We have access by the blood. You know, this is a beautiful understanding and a beautiful season of understanding that each and every one of us can have. Because what Jesus did was he took what they had, even though it was little, but when they offered it to God, when they gave it to God, that's why it doesn't matter where you're at right now in life. No matter what you think about yourself, no matter what you think about your past, no matter what you think about going on in, the, in life right now or what might happen in the future, it is in this place that we have to learn to let Jesus take what we have. We offer our life to God, and he takes that. And it might not look like much. And for some, you might think you, you, you're, you know, have all that and everything. But listen, whatever you have, Jesus will break it. We don't like being broken, do we? Think about it. The first thing he did was is he took it and he broke it. Do you know, we have to become broken before God. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that he doesn't heal us and doesn't fix us. It means that when we're broken before God, that we're walking in a place of humility before the Lord. That we're saying, Jesus, my life is yours. I've given you my life. Oh, that is so good. Think about it, church. When we are broken before God, when we're saying, God, my life is yours. I live to worship you. I live to please you. I want to do and fulfill your will. You know, there will never be multiplication in a person's life in God that his plan will work until we come to a broken place. But you can't be broken until he has you. 
And they took what they had and they gave it to Jesus. He broke it. And you know what he did when he broke it? He blessed it. Woo! Come on. How many of you know the devil meant to break you with the curse? Jesus says, I'm going to break you and I'm going to bless you. Are you hearing me? I said, come on, are you hearing me this morning? Jesus isn't going to put no curse on you. Are you hearing me today? No, he's going to bless you. You know, the Bible says don't let cursing and blessing come out of the same sister. I'll tell you, it's so, so important today. Because that in Christ, come on, uh, you're blessed. We're going to walk in the blessing of God. When we function on the level of the word of God, the Bible says that those blessings will overtake you in the way. Isn't that good news? I know this is, I might not be shouting today and all of that and, you know, running back and forth on the stage and everything. But I tell you, this message is so important today for the body of Christ and for each and every one of us. The Bible says that he took it, he blessed and he broke the loaves and he gave to his disciples to give to the, to the people. You know what happens then? He multiplies. You know, the Bible tells us that when Jesus took and he broke and he blessed it and he multiplied it, you know, it's so important today that we understand that God wants to multiply. He's in the multiplication. How many believe that God wants to multiply some things in your life? You know, he told Adam and Eve, the first thing he said, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Glory to God. And God's still in the family. I said, God's still in the family. He's the one that created family. And it's so important today that I believe that we understand that, one, we're in the family of God. You might even not even have your own family today. You might come and you're, you have a broken marriage or you might have a broken family. You come from something like that. Now, I want you to know today that you're not alone. You're in the family of God. And one of the things we need to understand is that even when there are trying times and things going on in our lives, that God wants to take what you've given to him He's going to bless it, and he's going to break it, and he's going to multiply it. He's going to take that, and we can have a trust in him today that his plans for us are for what? Good, not of evil, to give us a hope and an expectation for a good end. And I believe we can rely on that promise today. I believe we can say, Jesus, take my life. Bless it, break it. And distribute it out. You know, that today, I believe, is so important. Because God wants to take what we give to him. He wants to bless it. He wants to break it and multiply it. So others can be filled. Verse 42 said, and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments of the fishes. And they that did eat loaves were about 5,000 men. You know, what we give to God, no matter what it is, no matter how big, how small, whatever it is, when we offer it to God, you know, one of the things that we need to understand is we don't take that back. We, have to, we, we don't take that back. We offer it to God. 
our whole life. Whatever you hold back, he can't bless. Are you hearing me? Whatever you keep, how's he going to bless it and break it and multiply it? That's the key. When it comes to the love you have, when it comes to the mercy you show, when it comes to the peace that you have, when it comes to unity, when it comes to conversation, when it comes to grace, when it comes to everything about our life, when it comes to the talent and the gift and the things that we have, we have to give that to God and not try to be in control over that when it comes to our life. Because whenever you hold back, now you are responsible and not him. And I have learned it's a lot better to put it in the hands of Jesus than to try to take care of it myself. Are you hearing me? Because when we do that, when we honor the Lord, whenever we begin to offer our lives, whenever we begin to say, my life is yours, take it. Bless it, break it, and use it as you see fit. Think about that, guys. Isn't that the Christian walk? Huh? Isn't that the Christian walk? Isn't that what we're supposed to do as believers today? You know, I believe God wants to multiply you everywhere that you go. In your sphere of influence and your family, and the church. I believe God wants to use us today. But are we willing? Are we willing to put our trust in God? Come on, I believe that when we do, he will never fail us. I believe when we do, he will never fail us. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.